Welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Debbie Murphy. I'm John Quattrucci. And I'm Chris Cooper. Hey guys, how's it going? Everybody have a good week? Oh yeah. Oh right. yeah. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Getting ready for the impending holiday season that's rolling at us like a train in a tunnel. Everybody oh, ready? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So mm-hmm. excited. House is all decorated, ready to go. Oh, all your all your little marionettes up, John, and your I don't have any marionettes. Statues Ralph. and I have no, the statues I have, marionettes I do not have. Okay. I have big covers of my book. <laughs> are you giving those out as uh, gifts? What is that? Is that just no, a big poster? Too, the, big, the big covers are too expensive. Right. Well, <laughs> as we can see Christmas by like the Chapel Street, as we can see by the beautiful head behind me, we're doing a special Nicolas Cage round robin tonight. Well, each one of us is going to bring a Nicolas Cage film we like to talk about. Tough. This was tough. There's so many. I mean, I there's so many great ones. Uh, we've picked, I think, five. Pretty decent ones. I mean, they're they're all the spectrum, so it's good. But before we do that, let's start a little round of what you watch. Nick Cage is on Nick is on the spectrum. I was thinking that too. The film quite appropriate. The film spectrum. Yes. Uh, He's been around a while. He's done a lot of things. He's doing a ton of work right now, Uh, mostly direct to video. I think to pay some bills off. He has to pay for those dinosaur heads and cars he bought and things like that. But uh, but before, before we talk about Nick, which is great, let's talk about what we watched this this week. Let's uh, start with John. What did you watch this week? Uh, well, first, I want to bring up, because uh, we've talked about it on a couple of shows, I finished the Beatles documentary, Get Back. Ooh, it nice. was just, I can't recommend it highly enough. It was so good. And the payoff with the concert chills up my spine. But. What I watched, uh, in fact, I watched it two days ago. I watched The Goonies, Richard Donner's The Goonies, mm-hmm. a movie I absolutely loved when it came out. Um, and I watched it again. Yeah, there were things in it now, you know, as I'm older are kind of silly, but I still, I still really enjoyed the movie. Uh, he did a great job directing that. The, the, uh, the, the brothers, what are they? The, what the hell was the name of the brothers? Um, I can't even think of their name. Joe Pantolio. Uh, Pantoli- Pantolonio. Pantolonio. Oh, God. Yeah, thank you. We need uh, Drew. Where's Drew? Played the played the the Falachi brothers. Was that what it was? The Falachi? No. Okay. It was just so good. It was like a so memorable. It was a roller coaster ride. Uh, and you think back. I think back when I was a kid. We used to have, you know we had a group of kids that used to go in the you know go exploring in the woods and stuff. And it was like you know you think about that. And I really loved the movie, and it, it still made me, when it was over, made me feel good. So uh, that's what I was watching. The Goonies. Cool. All right. Uh, Chris Coker. Um, I watched the Netflix series. I actually have watched a lot but um, lately. Um, but I did watch the Netflix series, uh, Cowboy Bebop, which um, was based on a Japanese anime from, mm-hmm. like, 1998, um, which I am a huge fan of. I kind of I found that maybe 15 years ago. And, um, you know, obviously I really enjoyed the show. Um, they changed a lot. They added a lot of stuff. Uh, some things they changed around that I wasn't super excited about, but you know what? Um, I was excited that they said, Hey, we're going to take risks. Uh, we're going to change some things up. And I'm sure, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are very, very upset about it. In fact, just looking around, I see a lot of one out of tens and zero stars and all this. And I've never understood the idea of taking uh, you know, a series that's in one format or one genre. And then when you transform it to, you know, either a movie from a book or what have you, 
um, and you don't try to do anything different with it. Uh, I've never quite understand why people get so upset when they don't do something different with it. You know, like the, the idea that the, that faithfulness is the soul and utter litmus test um, of any kind of adaptation, especially, and I'm going to throw this out being, being a guy who's, um, you know, watched a lot of anime and seen a lot of comic book type adaptations and stuff. You know, they, they reboot that stuff all the time, you know, now this particular series wasn't ever like rebooted and redone, but it's so common to just say, Hey, we're going to get a bunch of different creators and remake the same series and do it. You know, and it's going to take left turns where it took right turns and things like that. Anyway, I still think it's good. I think they got the vibe right for the most part. Um, it's well, they got, they little... got, Chris, they got killed because, uh, I think the character's name is Faye Valentine. Yeah. 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 Faye. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. in the, in the anime, she uses her sexuality as almost a weapon sure. and mm-hmm. they went complete opposite. They did not want to sexualize her. And, uh, when they showed the costume online, which, yep. which was a grounded costume and showed yep. nothing where in the anime, it was very, uh, revealing. Yeah. Sure. Um, the fans went crazy. Well, then the yep. actress, went on uh, Twitter or YouTube and trashed all the fans that were upset about the costume. It was very snarky and, you know, sure. said, Oh, you know, so I think that hurt them. Uh, that's well, why I think a lot of the uh, people, the reviews were probably a lot worse than they should have been. Because yeah. I know a lot of, people you know what I mean? Were, yeah. yeah and I'm going to throw this out here. The outfit that Faye wears in the cartoon is, um, no human woman could wear that outfit right. and pull it off. No, I get that. Um, she's cool. drawn, you Why? know. Um, and I because it's, it's, it looks latex and it's all revealing, and the woman couldn't do stunts in it. Yeah. But that's not even my problem. The problem is, and, and, and Star, they did this with Star Wars. They did this with Shang Chi. The people in the cast go after the fans, and and all that does is alienate the fan base that's going to support something like that. Well, aren't the, that, isn't, couldn't the fan base be considered a little bit overboard sometimes? And Ralph, yeah, these but uh, uh, never like been cowboy, a big enough fan. Who, who is a Cowboy Bebop for? You think it's for the general audience? It's no, not. I don't think so. At it's all. made for the it's made for the hardcore yeah, but, fans that want to see it. Well, and you can't uh, well, go. I am going to say this, and I don't know, you know, and who knows how, you know how Netflix has its little top 10 thing. Uh, And who knows if that's real or if that's just the way that they promote shows they want to promote on their own. But it was like, you know, for the solid weekend of, for like a week and a half, it was in the top 10. It went all the way up to number two. Um, My buddy, he watched it and he hates anime. He always says the same thing about anime that it's, uh, you know, dragons raping schoolgirls. And like, that's his <laughs> mental, that is his mental picture of it. And even though he's a super hardcore comic book. Guy. Well, based on anyway, that, I might, I mean, is yeah, it, is Ralph it, might is, check it out, is it live action or is it anime? Yeah, it's live action. Oh, it's live action. Oh, it's completely okay. live action. And yes, they did change Faye a bit, but at the same time, uh, I'm sorry, what, act- Debbie? I'm sorry, like- go on, Debbie. Did, did you like it? Did Chris? you like it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, I think I might prefer the anime more, but I did, I did like the, uh, I enjoyed the show completely and I'm looking forward to season two. I hope they make a season two. Let me rephrase. I hope they make a season two. And if they do, I'm looking forward to it. Would you recommend the first animation and then watching this one? Um, you know, I would say, yeah, go ahead. I mean, they're, they're, they're different and they're similar, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the funny thing about the anime is that it's, and this is an odd word oftentimes to use with anime, but it's actually quite subtle uh, in its characterization. 
of the of the characters you know it it doesn't hit you over the head in fact in a lot of ways the tv show is 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 less um has less depth in the characters it's much more obvious let me put it that way hmm. now so, that has piqued my curiosity we're cowboy we're... bebop yep there you go. i i can recommend it i give it a thumbs up so. all right well speaking of curiosity debbie and sean we're curious wow. about what you watched we wa- we we watched a lot of things. It's as true as near. We're going to go into it, you know. Um. Well, we watched the Beatles and discussed that earlier. But the main thing, we we started like four things. We we started um, Succession. Watched the first episode of that. That was good. And we and we started um, True Detective season two. That's the one that sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, with um, Vince Vaughn. Right. I wanted to give that one a second try because I liked season one and I liked season three. Okay. We also, we've also um, been watching Larry Sanders a lot. Oh, love that show. That was our first series we went through on COVID. We went through every it's a episode. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a classic, hilarious show. Yeah. And I was watching, I started watching the Pacific last night just because today is Pearl Harbor day. Oh yeah. Get in the mood. Yeah. You know, I think that was a kind of underwhelmed series compared to. Well, because it was, it came after band, uh, came after Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan. I mean, yeah. So is that a series? It's somewhere. Yeah. Where's the yeah, it's Pacific? An HBO series. It's on HBO. It's oh. just like Band of Brothers, except set in the Pacific. Okinawa, wasn't it? Was it Okinawa? Well, it was the whole Pacific campaign. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that they were mainly all Marines rather than. Because to me, you know, the naval a- aspect of the Pacific War was very interesting. Hmm. My grandfather was in the Pacific War. Oh, really? Yeah, he really hated the Japanese <laughs> afterwards. Well, you know, I guess so, that's uh, understandable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was building airfields. So, hmm. but he kind of hated the Japanese. Debbie, are you watching anything on your own? Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think oh, that's on your own, is it? Oh, oh. You're watching that on your own? Yeah. Well, with my three-year-old. Okay, I get you. I get you. You know what's going to be sad? Because all the kids went through the Paw Patrol oh. period. You know, there's a certain age where you watch Paw Patrol. And the youngest granddaughter just stopped watching it. And, uh, and now the youngest grandson is in the height of his Paw Patrol. You know, but our granddaughter Mara, she didn't want to watch Paw Patrol. And I said, "Hey, but there's a movie." She goes, "Oh, I'll go and see that." So she didn't want to watch the show, but she'd see the feature. So she's um, so mature for being six. Yeah, <laughs> Paw Patrol. I, you know, so yeah. When Paw they graduate Patrol. from Paw Patrol, you know, they've grown up. Yeah, it's kind of sad. <laughs> they they grow so fast. <laughs> Amazing. Now and they I watch Cowboy Bebop. Okay, little Marshall. He's the screw dog. He's the white uh, Dalmatian, and he's always messing up. You can always count on uh, Marshall. He's the um, guy who drives the... Well, you said he's a white Dalmatian, right? He's white with black spots. Yeah, well, there you go. That's why he screws up everything up. He does. And the fans the fans are upset about that, I guess. Yeah. They're upset that... The fans are going to be writing all... They don't like the depiction of no, the they're getting white rid Dalmatian. Of the, they're getting the rid of the cop spots. dog. They want to get rid of the cop dog. Chase was on the case. Okay. Yeah. You know, I did learn. I was getting the guitar out for the first time in a while, and I was learning that song on the guitar. Paw Patrol song? Yeah. Paw Patrol. Okay. 
Wow. You watched all. You watched so all the, the Beatles. Beatles. Really, have, that yeah, Beatles. You watched all the really Beatles. Inspired. What you decide to do is Paw Patrol. <laughs> all right. Well, that's. Well, that's I can something. sing Paw Patrol. I can't sing those Beatles songs. Who all can? Right. All right. Well, let's get moving because we got to get to Nick. Well, well, what are you okay? watching? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Succession. Sean oh. brought up Succession, okay. one of the best written, best acted shows ever on television. This this show's amazing. Sean, you said you watched the first episode of episode of uh, season three or season one. Where are you at? No, we're started on one. Okay. Uh, I'm on season three, episode eight or nine, which is the, how do you, how do you pronounce the penultimate? What, how, pen, penultimate. Penultimate. Penultimate was just aired on last Sunday and it's amazing. The show is so Shakespearean. It's so well acted, uh, musically. The, it's, it's rich porn, you know, it's watching rich people just flying all over the place and just, it's, it's basically a, I think it's a, a veiled look at inside the Murdoch family, I think. You can't say that because you used to work for Fox. No, I can't. I, I don't know if it. I don't think it's Trump because it's a media empire that they run. No, no, so no, I, it, I think. I think it's, it's Murdoch. It's Murdoch's. But you know, you recognize the the kids and some of the stuff, and it's just an amazing show and just well written and well acted. I can't. I can't. I can't recommend it enough. It's it's just terrific. So, and I'm not sure. I think there may be one more season. I'm not 100 percent sure because something happened in this last episode that was kind of a cliffhanger, and we're all kind of waiting for next Sunday. So. Uh, it, stick with it. It's great. It's. When you guys watch great. Yellowstone? Oh, no. I love Yellowstone. We watched one or two. Episodes. I got to start watching it. I mean, uh, the buzz on it's unbelievable. Yeah, Rosie watches it, but I've never watched it. In a series, he he really upgrades it. You know, having yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch it. All right. Well, All right. here we go. Little okay, Nick crazy Cage. Nick Cage. Let's Little go. Nick Cage, love <laughs> Let's talk about Nick Cage. Let's start. Let's. Who wants to go first? Quick. One, Why don't two, you go three. first? You never go first. I'll go first. All right. Yeah. I'll start it with a dark one. Uh, believe it or not, I'm shocked at yeah, that. Yeah, Nick Cage was in a dark film. It's a film called Eight Millimeter. I, I saw know if anybody, it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, written by the same gentleman that wrote Seven, and it's kind of almost in that same kind of uh, universe. You might actually say it could have been happening at the same time. It's a very nihilistic film about a, a private detective played by Nick Cage. Uh, a new a new father has a new baby girl. He's got a nice loving relationship with his wife. But he gets a case where an, an old uh, rich guy passes away and his wife finds in his safe a snuff film. And she hires him to figure out if the snuff film is real or not. And it's his journey throughout this uh, maze of people he meets to figure out. At first, he's very, he's very, he doesn't believe that snuff films exist. Joaquin Phoenix plays a guy who's in the porn industry who kind of tours him through the bowels of L.A. to figure out if snuff, snuff films are real. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Hardcore with um, George C. Scott. George C. Scott. I think Nicolas Cage was Nicolas Cage was uh, uh, doing a little doing a little George C. Scott. If you remember that film, there's a scene in a movie theater where George C. Scott is is looking at his daughter in a porn film, and the camera's just on uh, on uh, his face as he's watching it, and the contortions he makes as he's watching his daughter in this film. Well, they do this in this film. Directed by Joel Schumacher, by the way, which is oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Change yeah. style, no substance. <laughs> it had it, it. Yes, it was. It was a lot of style. But James Gandolfini, um, like I said, Joaquin Phoenix, Peter Stalmari. How do you pronounce that guy's name? Peter. Close enough. Peter Stalmari, Anthony Held, who's the guy who played uh, Lecter's captor in uh, in Silence of the Lambs. You know, the guy he gets at the end. I'm gonna have someone for dinner. It's that guy. Plays a sleazy lawyer. And a guy named Chris Bauer plays a character called um, Machine. 
Mm. And and I don't know if you know what Chris Bauer looks like, but he looks like an Idaho, very innocent-looking dude. And throughout this film, it's Nicolas Cage's journey into hell uh, to find who the machine is. And once he give it away a little bit, when he rips the mask off and he looks at this guy and he's like, this is the guy who caused all this trouble, this, this innocent-looking dude? And the guy says, well, I just like killing people. And that's really the, the, the very, it's a very nihilistic, very dark journey that Cage takes. Now, I bring this up because Cage is very subdued in this film. He's not doing his Nicolas Cage antics. He's, he's very serious. He's got a loving relationship. He's, uh, now, he's ratcheting it up. You can see as the movie goes on and decisions he's making, he's going to end up in a Nicolas Cage, what we expect from Nick Cage. But even with that, it's still a very subdued, well-acted, uh, thoughtful, um, uh, film by him. And, um, you know, it's, it's his dealing with the fact that the world is horrible. And as much as he's trying to be optimistic about it, every turn he makes, he gets deeper and deeper. And he's at the end of the film, he's looking at his newborn daughter, just holding her and crying, like, I'm never going to be able to protect this girl from what's potentially could happen to her. And he does a really good job. And what year not, did that come out? I don't know. Should I know that? Yeah. I should uh, well, I'll I mean, tell you right now. You're the one who brought it. Oh, 90, wow. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, I think it's a good film. It's dark as hell. Uh, you know, he's really the only, his couple of characters he interacts with. Joaquin Phoenix is fantastic in it. Not enough of him in it, actually. Um, and, and, and Cage's relationship, he's, he's very professional as a, a, the private detective. He tries to protect everybody, like the, the woman who started him on this journey. He doesn't really want to call her to let her know that it's real. There's another, the actual woman, the girl that's in the movie, he ends up meeting the mother of that person. So it's about his relationship with her and how he wants to deal with, do I tell her what's going on? She, I think he even asked her, would you rather know what happened or just think she's still alive somewhere and everything's okay? And she says, well, I want to know what happened. And ultimately he has to tell her and it's a pretty, pretty strong scene. Uh, dark as hell. Uh, I don't think it's dark as seven, but it's in the same, it's in that same ballpark. Well, you know, I saw it and I was, I was actually expecting, I, I thought I expected more. I thought it was a little too Hollywood and stylized. You're expecting more what? More gore? More what? More darkness. Yeah. You they know, didn't go, they didn't really like go a Hollywood there. Hollywood film, you know, but I think it had been done by an indie filmmaker or something, you know, a, well, imagine, I think Fincher was going to do this at one point even. Yeah. You know, uh, it was, now that would have been, it was billed as a sequel to, uh, to, uh, seven. seven? Yeah. It was actually sort of a, a unofficial sequel to seven that, you know, sort of a continuation of that same idea where, where instead of Morgan Freeman playing the disillusioned guy, it's Nicolas Cage is slightly more optimistic because he has a newborn baby. And, um, but yeah, it did, it, it was slicker than you would expect. They didn't show a lot of gore. I mean, you, they implied a lot of things. Uh, and the scene where he's looking at it, the first time he sees the film and his, and, 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 you know, the way his face was contorting, uh, a lot like George C. Scott. A lot of movies after this came out, Sinister came out about Super 8 film. Same idea where they just kind of watch people react to what they're seeing on the screen. Um, and I, and, and I bring it up as a Nick Cage film because he's, he's very subdued and it's not what you would expect from him normally. And he couldn't um, compete with the subject matter. What do you mean he could? What do you mean he could? What he couldn't? You he know, could have. Subject matter was so dark and over the top. You know, it's hard for him to go where he normally. Goes. Oh, well, yeah. but no, yeah, but like if, but like in the movie Mandy, he was in, right? Like, 
Mandy. Okay, so Mandy has, you know, it's this, the, the people he ends up interacting force him to get to the point where you would expect Nicolas Cage to get. And frankly, the all the, you know, James Galdafini characters, all these evil bastards that are in this film, you could see it could have ratcheted him up quite a bit, but he held on to a little bit of humanity when he, you know, when he, when he, when you normally think he's going to go off and do his Nicolas Cage, he still held on to the fact that he's got a beautiful wife at home and he's got a little baby and that's kind of keeping him centered and it prevents the total going crazy, but he still manages to pull a cage off. And yeah. I just think it's, I think it's a well done performance by him. It's not a film for everybody because it is super dark. Um, but, uh, as a Nick Cage film, I just think it's one of his better ones. I like to watch it during the holidays. It's very uplifting for the holidays. Yes. It just, uh, it's one of those things that you, uh, you should sit down and watch with a nice fire going or something. Little, little Chianti on the side or a cup so, of cocoa, cup of warm cocoa. cocoa. So, and, and has, so Sean, you've seen it. anybody else? I, John, I, 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 yeah, I saw it in the theater when it came oh, out, uh, yeah. like seven. Um, how old movie. were you in, how old were you? Uh, 1999. I was 26. Oh. Oh, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, I saw it when it came out in the theater and I'm not sure that I've seen it since not to say that it's a bad movie, but it is, it is really dark, you know? And it's one of those ones where I'm like, okay, I've seen it. I've kind of adjusted it. I think that got what they were going for. Yeah. Um, it, it's one that I've never felt I had to go back and watch again. Um, I will say the one scene that really sticks out in my mind though, as being just generally a very powerful scene is when, uh, Nick Cage is, is on the phone and he plays a very modern private eye. Yeah. You know, none of this, you know, had and cigarettes and booze. He yeah, just he's, 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 using, he's using cameras to analyze the film. You know, he's breaking yeah. the, the film down to find clues in the, in the shot. Yeah. And he, when he's on the phone with the mother of the, the girl uh, from the film and he basically is, is talking to her and he's like, I've got, I've got one of them here essentially. Yeah. And, He's basically asking her for permission to kill this guy. Right. And she gives it to him and he right. does it. Right. Um, and he basically pistol whips this guy to death, James Gandolfini. And yeah. it was just one of those moments because it was like, you know, Gandolfini is almost taunting him. Like, you're a guy with a house and a wife. He was licking the gun. Nicholas yeah. Cage had the gun in his mouth and, and Gandolfini's licking the gun. Yeah. Come on. You're not going to do this. Uh, but, but the important part of that is he had to ask her permission. Yeah. Because it's not something he would do, but right. he, he wanted to give her some glimmer of something after mm -hmm. what had happened to her and her daughter, yeah. right? And it's just one of those. And he, then he goes on and, you know, uh, to me, the scene at the end where he finally gets this guy called Machine. Yeah. And, and Machine just looks at him and goes, yeah, it's not what you expect, right? You're expecting yeah. some crazy monster. This guy actually takes care of his mother and, and all this. And he goes, I just like to kill people. It's just what I do. And everybody did take, in the Did film, he take him out? Did he kill him? If you want to know, yes, he did. Are oh, you telling me everything else? I mean, what okay. the hell? Well, it came out in '99, so yeah. you know, if you haven't seen it, um, yeah. Well, basically, but, but everybody, I'm not everybody, watch it, everybody, but everybody he bumped into in the film said the same thing to him. He goes, "Why would you do this?" He says to the lawyer at one point, "Because he can, because the old guy can, because the guy who directs the porn can, because we're never going to get caught." Because we have this film that connects everybody together. Nobody's going to rat each other out because of this thing. And they can just do whatever they want to do. Wow. And Nicolas Cage is, you know, and that scene with the mother at the end is just his way of just finally going, okay, I got to do something about this. Feeling completely helpless. Like the world is complete shit. And this is all I can do is, is help. this. And the scene at the end where he's raking his lawn 
like like he's looking very melancholy and he and his, his letter shows up and it's the woman thanking him and and it ends with him with this smile on his face like okay at least something good came out of this and it's pretty powerful as a very nihilistic film <laughs> yeah. and dark movie so, very dark sure so who's next who wants to go chris uh, i'll jump oh, in there I'll, you go chris I'll, go Okay. Um, I, I chose, um, I believe it was 1990s, uh, David Lynch's 1990s Wild at Hearts with, uh, Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern, which, um, was the first, uh, which was the first David Lynch movie I saw in the theater. Um, like a lot of people in high school in the late eighties, I was, uh, enamored by Twin Peaks because of its strangeness. So when Wild at Heart came out, I made sure to go see it. And, um, it kind of made me realize that there's a big difference between uh, TV David Lynch and uh, rated R David Lynch. Um, but what's great about that film is Nicolas Cage kind of gives this. Um, I, I think it's one of those starting on his crazy performances. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's this over the top performance, but everything in the movie is heightened. You know, everything in the movie is heightened. And then when you start mixing in all these like references to um, uh, uh, with the Wizard of Oz and yeah. things like that. And um, they're not uh, references. They're they're direct. They're, they're, yeah, they're direct. They're right. direct. Yeah, they're not even references. They're direct. Uh, it's part of the story in a weird way. Explain it's like it. Twisted. So it's it's Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern. Right. What happens is is Nicolas Cage is a you know somewhat seedy guy who has gotten involved with uh, a young Laura Dern, not young young, but like late teens, early twenties, uh, and Laura Dern's mother does not want him involved at all with her she's like this guy's not worthy of you he's a scumbag and they have you know a palpable physical chemistry which is uh let's just put it this way it's it's very graphically displayed on screen um but what i like about it is 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 how much it gets into this kind of weird you know aspects of memory half of the movie is other people telling each other stories it feels like they're talking about their past and their memories and things like this and so it kind of flows back and forth um you know and then they take off what happens is long story you know sailor sailor is the nicholas cage character he goes to jail uh for killing a guy who was trying to kill him so it's manslaughter anyway the point is he gets out of jail he and the girl go on a road trip and the mother decides um and it's nice it's also because it's, it's diane ladd who is laura dern's actual mother and uh she is amazing in the film she is absolutely unhinged in the best way but like not just like crazy i'm crazy for crazy sake but it is like a you know palpable i love my daughter so much i will do whatever and then of course it's got some great david lynch standbys um and some of the most disturbing things like just disturbing performances uh one of his kind of cast of characters grace sabrisky who's in a number of his films plays this uh new orleans yeah yeah this new orleans voodoo woman's like voodoo woman and her husband and or her man and everything and she is terrifying terrifying and then as if that's not crazy enough you run into willem dafoe with probably the worst set of disgusting dentures you'll ever see in your life as a guy named bobby peru who just emanates like sleaze and terror like he is just an under yeah, Nicholas Cage seems like the normal one in this film. He really that, does. That's the thing and, that's crazy about it. And there's all these, and you know, he's kind of doing his full on Elvis thing. And well, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like a story, like a fable almost, like a rated R. Well, it's a, fable. 
you know it's a true it's a love story it's a love story between the two of them right and he's he's singing elvis songs that's him actually singing the songs with that snakeskin jacket of his oh yeah Yeah. and he's doing all that i remember the clothes more than the movie actually yeah Yeah. the snakeskin jacket's terrific it's a symbol of his individuality and belief in personal freedom right. and uh i can't recommend the movie enough yeah it's 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 graphic in its violence and in its uh sexuality you know um all along the way but it also has this great sense of kind of dark humor that david lynch brings to a lot of his roles and um yeah i really recommend it it's it's a it and it's one of nicholas cage's i think it's one of his better performances because it's like it's got a lot of cageness to it without it <laughs> veering completely. Well, I think you're right. I don't know how far parody. into the Nicolas Cage, you know, he's been around so long, mm-hmm. like where this fits in his. I'm going to look it up here while you're talking, but because it is, it, it does feel like the start of his going yeah. off the rails a little bit. You know, the stuff yeah. that, he, mm-hmm. that we know him best for. Didn't sure. Nicolas Cage uh, get involved with Elvis Presley's daughter. Um, he was married to her. Yeah, they got married. Yeah. For a brief period of time. Yeah. So his love of Elvis and all things Elvis. Well, wait, he did Valley Girl before this. He did Valley Girl in the 80s. Mm-hmm. He was pretty off the rails on that one. Yeah, I guess he's always been that way, but he started, I don't know, it started well. well like we he wouldn't let his uncle rein him in and um, Peggy Sue got married. He was doing that <laughs> hokey voice. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, always, he's, yeah, he's made some strange choices, but like, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this film. I, I I really do recommend it. Like I said, it's not uh, it's 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 a hard R for a lot of reasons. I think um, I've only seen scenes from it. I don't think I've ever seen the whole movie. Yeah, I've never seen. I watched it. it. I watched it for the first time yesterday because I knew Christmas. Oh, Dallas, you did. And I want. Yeah, and it is. It's it's certainly more narratively structured than mm-hmm. the other David Lynch films. Okay, yep. but that doesn't mean it actually is narratively structured. It's all over yeah. the place, and his shock. The shocking cuts he does and the, and some of the things he does, it's just awkward. And there's a car crash scene with Cheryl and Fenn mm-hmm. that in the middle of the film. Um, but Nicolas Cage, this is, this is where the charming, crazy Nicolas Cage, I think, starts yeah. coming through. And the songs he does, he does one song in a, in a bar when he does a full Elvis song, full Elvis song singing right to Laura Dern. And he's great. He, he's just, he really has the whole thing. And, um, and I think that when I think of Nicolas Cage, it's this film, uh, the, the line about hotter than an asphalt. What's that? Uh, Georgia asphalt. What is the you line? Got me hotter said? than Georgia asphalt. Right. And that's when I think of Nick Cage, it's this film, which I had never seen is what I, what I, is how I think of him in that snakeskin jacket doing the Elvis poses that he does. He does a couple of those things that Elvis used to do. <laughs> karate. Yeah. yeah he and and he ends up stances. after the shoot, he gave the, he gave the jacket to Lord Dern. Because they, they really, yeah, they they went to Vegas to do a little bonding before this. Because there's a lots of uh, sex scenes in this, not graphic, yeah. but just you know, there's a little nudity in there for her, and and um and, and it's those those guys are together the whole film. It's it's you can see how close they probably became doing this, yeah. and it ends with him singing a beautiful Elvis song on the top of his car, yeah. right through the credits. I mean, it's can't it go is wrong what with I, an Elvis song. When I think yeah. of him, that's what I think of. So this was. Okay, so this came out in what'd you say? I think it was 1990. Yeah, so Valley was that, Girl was, eight. was that uh, was Raising Arizona before this? Yes, yes, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 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 he was doing wacky. Yeah. Stuff so raising raising movie. Arizona, Moonstruck, Vampires yeah. Kiss, which is that yeah, famous yeah, well, you know, yeah, scene yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was ramping it up a little. Yeah. Bit. He yeah. was being cagey. Yeah, that's yes. true. He oh, was. And I would say I'm um, raising Arizona. He was actually subdued compared to a lot of the other people. Yeah. I don't know that. Well. Well, he. It yeah. was the circumstances that were weird, rather than the um, you know. But he played it kind of straight funny, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised I, I, no one brought that film. I discounted it because I. It I seems thought somebody said they were going to bring it. Well, John thought that's a film I would bring. He said that. He said Ralph's going to do Raising Arizona. I don't know why you thought I would do that. But but then I, then I'm stupid because it, it's not dark enough. I mean, no, I love Raising Arizona. I know, He's but great. it's not dark Holly enough Hunter's to bring great. to this. I went to the perfect cage. I want to do some. Yeah, Sean's film is definitely the perfect cage. But we'll get back to that in a second. So, Chris, um, so. On the Nicolas Cage scale of stuff that he's done, caginess. Well, yeah, what's his caginess level? On the caginess scale. I would say that I would honestly say this one. He's at about a six, right? Because okay. yeah. he's he's definitely doing his kind of, you know, you almost get the feeling like as you're watching these two young people, that it's like they're almost in some ways performing for one another, you know, because um, like there are just scenes of them driving and him. Talking wait, 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 wait! I got to understand the scale. Okay, right. so. So uh, let's use, uh, I think Debbie picked the family man. Is that the one mm-hmm. you picked, Debbie? That's, yeah. that's got to be a caginess one, right? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the one on the cage. Fa- you're doing face off, Sean? Yeah. Are you doing face Okay. So when he was playing John Travolta? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a 10, right? I'd say that's, that's got to be at least a nine. Yeah. 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 Okay. I want to understand the scale. Yeah. But I mean, where is like uh, the bad lieutenant New Orleans in that one? That's got to be a twelve or a thirteen because he was because <laughs> he was absolutely batshit in Let's that. Let's take one. that to eleven. Okay, yeah. So yeah. we'll stick with the ten. Face off, family man. So is, is it one to ten? And you're saying six is six. Uh, wild at heart. Yeah, and I'm going to say that mine, uh, eight Miller is about a two. Yeah, two to three yeah. mm-hmm. in the Nicholas, you know. Cage. Yeah, I mean, you can throw in like he did another movie called The Weatherman, which yeah. I, I thought was really similar um, in tone to The Family Man, where he plays a regular guy. Oh, he shoots arrows. Problems. Yeah, that's the thing. That's kind of the weird thing in that movie. He gets into archery. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, but that was like a really kind of controlled Nicolas Cage performance, especially for a guy whose life is falling apart, you know, anyway. Well, he's, you know, he's always like, he did that and it happened one night or so. It happened. He wins the lottery or something. It happened in Brooklyn. It can happen to you. Right. He mm-hmm. split a lottery ticket with, with Bridget uh, Fonda. With Bridget, Bridget Fonda. Who you don't hear mm-hmm. from anymore. Right. Um, but okay. So, so that's a good scale. All right. So Sean's scale is the 10. We've determined. Ten. He's got the 10. <laughs> well, let's just talk about this, which I, this is a classic, by the way. Well, uh, on many, on many levels. Yeah. Okay. Well. Face Off is my film. Um, what was it? Face name? Off. Oh, 90s. Face was Off. It? This was killing me. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, but you oh, know what? Oh, the the one thing, and Debbie won't let me do it. And it's funny because I do a screen rant about this one. How he always like affectionately runs his hand down. People. John Travolta runs a hand over his son. Yeah. And obviously, that's something that people normally don't do, so that later he can do that to his wife when he's right. Right. That then she'll know. So I mean. But why do I have a feeling John Travolta really does that too? So no, here's the, the plot. What the, the director was from a John Wu, yeah, John Wu, two guns. Maybe common in his culture. To do I, birds. I the not. idea of Nicolas Cage doing John Travolta and John Travolta doing Nicolas Cage is all you have to say about this film. Okay, yeah, I mean, so that's- basically, here's the plot. 
Nicolas Cage is a world-class assassin and terrorist. Right. And he's being hunted by John Travolta. FBI man. FBI man. And he actually, the film opens with um, Nicholas, you know, John Travolta on a fair, you know, not a merry-go-round with his, his little son. And Nicholas Cage is going to shoot him. And he shoots right through Travolta and kills the boy, which adds that element of rage. And uh, that's the most subdued scene for Nicolas Cage because he's pretty quiet when he shoots the kid. You know, he seems like, but at some point, you know, um, they he catches Travolta catches Cage, and Cage has a Cage is only weakly because he loves his brother Polonex or something. You know, he's great. That guy, that's the guy from Pollux. Yeah, and the actor from uh, the Saints of New Jersey. Cassavetes, yeah. isn't it? No, Alexandra. I can't think of the. I thought it was Nick Cassavetes. No, 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 no. The brother is Pollux Troy is played by. Uh, I don't know his name. He's in the same. Yeah. He, he's he's crazy. So yeah. they got to get you know Nicholas Cage is in a coma, and it looks like he's going to die. And they got to get the brother to talk, but the brother will only tell Nicholas Cage. So Tra- Travolta goes to this secret CIA doctor who takes off Nicholas Cage's face takes off Travolta's face, and Travolta is um, given surgery to look exactly like Nicolas Cage. Including so he, height and weight. Well, right, so that he can go into the prison. Because the, the, the whole start of it, he sets a bomb. Yeah. Right? So now John Travolta, as Nicolas Cage, goes into the prison so he can talk to the brother to figure yeah. out when the bomb's going to go off. That's the master plan. By the way, the brother is Alessandro Nivola is his name. Yeah, and the, guy, the people are all... You know, Nicolas Cage is really like, ah, all the time. Ah, I'm do that. Well, he's over the, the terrorist guy with the jacket and the guns and the pills yeah. and the. Got the two guns in his. Right, back. right. He's just well, such a. That's got to have 245s because director John Wu was a fantastic Chinese director. He did like A Better Tomorrow, The Killer. Yeah. You know, I used to see those films in the art. Hard boiled. Hard, Hard boiled, yeah. Mm-hmm. And his. Broken trend- Arrow. That's yeah, okay. well, that's, that's okay. Hard Target with Gene right. I like Hard Target. I, I like, like Hard, hard target. target a lot. But the thing he always does is his big thing is somebody jumping and firing two forty five and birds. Yeah, lots yeah. of doves. Lots yeah, of doves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So um, that happens. They, they, they also, got, the back to back, right? Back to back. With a wall between well, them, and he always around, does that. Mirror yeah. shots, you know, yeah, yeah it's classic. And it was a really symbolic scene in here. Well, Tr- Cage wakes up. He discovers they took his face. He sees Travolta's face. They kidnap the doctor and make him put it back on his face. On, and then he kills everybody who knows because this was a secret operation that Travolta that that the that the terrorist in prison is really the FBI agent. So he decides to take over Travolta's life. And this gives Travolta the chance to overact. Yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, he, he, The only time Travolta ever comes close to overacting like this is in the see, in the remake of um, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Yes, true. <laughs> That's but very Travolta true. Travolta is doing this hilarious, um, Nicholas. You know, and you could just tell Travolta is having the time of his life. <laughs> just going totally over Nicolas Cage. And meanwhile, Nicolas Cage, you know, doesn't – do Travolta, you know, uh, it's once, well, once they f- switch the faces, they're, they're both gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. It isn't like, um, it isn't like the Travolta character that is now Nicolas Cage is subdued. He's Nicolas Cage and Travolta as Nicolas Cage 
is Nicolas Cage. You know, so everybody everybody does the full Nicolas Cage. In and <laughs> well, the- Nicol- now Nicolas Cage is not like going crazy, but his facial expressions. Yeah. Especially yeah. He takes when he takes the drugs or something, his face is just and that's where he's doing face off. Face yeah. off. I love it. So, and uh, now, now, but Nicholas Cage. Stupidest plot. Oh God! Oh my plot. Forget. Who cares about plot? Ninety-seven. I think when oh, I saw this, she was a scientist. And well, when I saw it the first time, I'm buying it. You know, like, oh, this really this makes sense. But now, last week we watched it. No. What they cut? The, they, like the, how could somebody even walk into a and studio the, and tell the cellist? Right, it's amazing they got this thing done. They're supposed to make. They're talking a sequel, you know. They're not sequel. They're sequel. talking like a remake or a reimagining of this. Well, thing. reimagine it, maybe another. Story. But I love that they all they do to get him looked like they shave a little hair off his chest, right? right? Like, right. like the weight doesn't. Right. The height and weight don't. Right. Like he's married. Travolta is married, and like yeah. his wife doesn't notice any changes in the undercarriage. But the best scenes are when Travolta's teaching the daughter. Nicholas Cage as Travolta or Travolta as Nicholas Cage is dealing with the teenage daughter that, that John, <laughs> yeah. and how he's helping her. He's helped Nicholas Cage's Nicholas Cage inside Travolta's helping the daughter. Yeah. It's just the, 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 the sheer like guts to do this kind of film and put it out there. And then later okay. when he did, he licks her on the side oh, of the face. Yeah, at the end of the- but here's a scene <laughs> that really bothered me more than anything about it, the whole storyline. But when, she says, um, oh, you're O negative and uh, Nicholas Cage is AB positive. So the scientist, she takes a, uh, the doctor takes a shot of her, his blood and puts it on a slide. There's you no don't do way that? you're going to tell a blood type from a sl- blood slide. I know you, you all felt the same thing. Okay. Really but, but you had no problem that. with that scene. And it bothered yeah, the hell You had no problem with the yeah. face being pulled off <laughs> somebody's skull. It. That yeah. was all right. And a little voice chip no. that they go for two seconds. Oh, oh, I could no. suspend my disbelief up to a point, but when they put the blood on the slide, <laughs> oh, I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. Wrong. That just takes me out of the picture. No, but this is such a good hey, The action page. scenes I, I were fantastic. Oh. Oh, the action scenes were incredible. The action scene, and the thing was, and this was such a relief after after 15 years of CGI, like when they blow up a boat. Right. Oh, they blow up practical. the boat. They right. They blow up the boat. Yeah. And people are really jumping. They're not all green screened. And, yeah. you know, I mean, they're really, it's real action. And it really made me nostalgic I, for 90s action films. And yeah. I think your movie, Sean, that you selected is more, not a six, but more like an eight in KG. I think it's all, I think it goes all the way. Yeah. I think it's, I, when he's in the prison, hey, especially, that's a 10. Okay. Yeah. He's going nuts in the prison. You know, yeah. he's fighting back, like pretending to be the guy. And then every now and then he'd come back to himself, you know? Well, that's okay. Travolta inside him. Uh, right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, he's getting beat up. And then he, he looks at his brother and his brother's like shocked. And yeah. then he goes like, Oh, that's right. And he goes, why I, I am ca- Caster, you know? And he Caster Troy. Like, is that his name? Caster Troy. I just love yeah. when his secretary or one of them says, oh, when did you get the stick out of your ass? When when Travolta is Cage is being Travolta as the FBI guy, and he's just walking around strutting, right, that strut he was doing. Because that whole thing leads with Nicolas Cage at the beginning of the film walking into that choir, and he grabs the, the girl by the butt in the choir. Yeah, he's and just a priest. Yeah, the priest or whatever. Right, he's dressed as a priest, and it's just... That is that is a ten for Cage. Just on <laughs> a look at it. Cage was an action star, right? Like in this and what The Rock, and Con Air, Con Air. Yeah. yeah. But this was of all of his action movies, 
this was the most out of control he was in a 90s action film. Yeah, you know, well, that's John yeah, that's Woo. True. John Woo doing that. That's though. true. Yeah, that's... But you got to ask yourself: John Woo's a great talent. It's like, yeah, when you look at those first couple films, you got to ask yourself: couldn't they have given him a good movie, yeah. a good plot? Well, I mean, his cast was fine. Are you saying this was not a good movie? Well, I'm just saying it's it's absurd. Yeah, I'm it is absurd. Okay. But this movie did well. I'm I, asking you again: well, are yeah. you saying this was not a good movie? But even when I watched it the first time, I'm like, the wife is going to notice that he's not. Uh, you gotta, Listen, once stop, you accept you gotta, the premise that they can pull your I mean, face off and put it on yeah, someone else. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, don't point. you just kind of go with it at that <laughs> yeah, point? At that point, <laughs> it's mean, like really? everything goes. You mentioned that he was uncircumcised. You'd think the wife would have come uh, Okay. You're, see, you like the nitty-gritty. I knew you'd okay, work okay, that in it. somehow. But, but, oh, my God. Let's face um, it. A wife would know. Well, she didn't. Well, she well she did kind of suspect because he was acting way more loving right. than he, you know. So there was some of that going on. Yeah. And um, but we're not even talking about Gina Gershorn, who was in there as Nicolas Cage's girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, and that scene in that bedroom where the the shootout happens in that that loft, and he puts the headphones on the kid, and they're doing mm-hmm. somewhere over the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I mean, John Woo. Brought a whole level of just style and like the doves and all that oh, stuff yeah. that, that you'd go, oh, how hokey is this? But you told church at the funeral, it's like, what? No one thought to put a screen in a window or something. <laughs> but all right, that's a good one. Good one. Okay, so that's Nicholas at a ten. That's definitely Debbie's going to talk about our one. Nicholas is a one, and, that, and that's not a complaint. That's not. No, a, no. That's we're just no. saying it's a one performance. Okay, uh, the movie I selected with uh, Nicholas Cage was uh the family the man. family man and he plays like uh, a guy you just gotta love this guy you know he's very aloof um wall street man and then have you seen the film and you guys i've never seen i read the description yesterday so, so good he he's um living this you're gonna cry ralph Oh. <laughs> it's it's a wonderful life, right? Is it a remake? But the girl that got away, you know. So then he, and Tia Leone, ah, yeah. By a struck of genius or struck of luck, he meets this guy. What's the actor's name? I know him so much. It's, it's not it's Don Cheadle, right? Don, Don Cheadle. Cheadle, and he looks so disguised in this movie. But it's sort of like, what's Don Cheadle doing in this movie? He's got three scenes. Yeah, he was already got, a known he, entity. At that time. He was like, mm-hmm. a, you know, surprise, like an angel to change his life and he goes back to the now t- what what is he what but back up a step is was he kind of a freewheeling ferrari driving exactly. stockbroker or something very didn't classic. care about anybody but himself yeah, he, left, he left the love of his life to go on like an internship in london okay so how does don Cheadle? what was the reason that this guy comes in and says i'm going to do this because in it's a wonderful I life to get way off our back on that because <laughs> it looks like Cheadle's going to rob a store, right? And Nicholas Cage intervenes and him. gives him because the guy he's, gonna he's got like a lottery ticket for, that's worth two hundred sixty dollars, and the people think he has fraud with the lottery ticket. Okay, there. like he's up to no. And he's like, "I'm going to buy. I'll buy that ticket from you." And he's like, "Oh, you're a good guy." And he goes, "Hey," yeah. and he's like, "You he offers help." He goes, "What can I do to help you?" And a guy, and Cheadle goes, well, what can I do to help you? He goes, you can't. I have everything. And he goes, 
Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Cause there's something surprised. missing. Okay. So was Cheadle, was this a test Cheadle was doing? I don't know why I care about the details. Yeah. So much, Cause he but. does yeah. it in the movie to other people. He's he's like, okay. And okay. Now you're Thank go you. Through a challenge, Nick. Now you're going to go through a, a glimpse. challenge. You get a glimpse, a glimpse of what your life is. If you stayed with the girl. He, if he it's Christmas. With- yeah, it's a Christmas. Right. Because it's Christmas time, and he um, is going to have this big deal the next day. But he wakes up, and who does he wake up next to? Is Leone, his wife. And somehow that's bad. No, but is that his lost girlfriend from yeah, his lost the one he left? Ain't there a little house in Jersey? Yeah, she went on to be a uh, a lawyer a pro, bono. pro bono, and you know makes a little bit of money. And he works as a tire salesman for his father in law, and um, it's kind of like um, you know provincial life and and everything. And he he really ends up loving these kids and loving his wife. And then whoop, bingo, Don Cheadle shows up. Time to go back to your life. And it it was like he wakes up and everything is you know all. He goes back to where in Jersey, where his house was, his kids were and his family. But that really wasn't reality. So he's really depressed. And he, um, oh, what precipitated all this prior to this action starting, um, his girlfriend uh, had called him at his at his office and the secretary. What This was a girlfriend that you had like 14 years ago and you're not curious as to what she wants. Oh, the old girlfriend called. Yeah, yeah Tia, Tia Leona. Leona. Okay. And he says, no, she probably, you know, I've I, I moved on beyond that. You know, sorry, she just wants closure, but, you know, I'm, not, I'm he's dating all these beautiful, you know, women. Think just, me. And okay. so, <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so then uh, she, uh, what happens and at the end he <laughs> so he okay. realizes what he gave up all right okay then then he tries to get it back he tries to track her down and she's just like doing some kind of really awesome job she's going to paris she has all this art in her office and she's still oh, you know um i'm leaving and um same where he left her to go to london she's now going to paris she was on the other foot so he says oh um sweetie you know, if we had a family, we had a life together. It was, you know, please don't get on that plane. She goes, Jack, get get over yourself. I'm going, you know, you need closure. You know, we'll talk when, another time. If you're in Paris, come on out. And uh, he says, but I believe in us. And then she doesn't go on the plane. She goes and has coffee with him. Is that how it ended? Yep. Yep. But and then he killed her. But it's like Nicholas because it was so cagey. It's it was. Yeah, so this cool. is this is puppy dog Nicholas Cage. This is Drew. This is a rom com. Yeah, this is yeah. Like puppy dog. This yeah. is like uh, uh, guarding test Nicholas Cage. You know, he's so he's less edgy than. I love these movies where you have you know you're on a road and you can make a left or a right. And right. Make a left. The choices we make. Yeah, but it sounds like he's George Bailey. George Bailey. She should have gone on the plane. Well, well that's what I'm saying. I think it's yeah. sort of that. You no, know, it is. I mean, it really Chris, is. Did you see this film? Um, you know, it's been a really, really long time. Kind of one of the things I remember about the film was like, I think Don Cheadle is in there, but like he keeps popping up. And at one point he, he like gives a lady back. He's like playing a cashier and he gives her back too much money. Or maybe I think it was a different movie. Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. He gave her and, and he's like, he gives her back too much money. 
and she's and he, and she kind of looks at him for a second. He's like, "Is everything okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, fine." And he's like, "Yeah." she just sold her dignity or whatever for like 10 bucks, you know, because she realized it was that he gave her too much and she just decided to lie. I would have done that in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? Well, that's because you're you. I got to tell you, Ralph, that doesn't surprise me that you would do that. But (sighs) um, this, this, like I said, this movie really, for me, slots into a lot of those cage films where he's like, Cage would, it always felt like Cage would do this. He's like, I'm going to go make a few crazy films and then I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to do something like The Family Man or The Weatherman or even a, another Cage film that I thought about doing was um, a movie he made called The Lord of War yeah. where he plays an arms dealer and it sounds like something perfect for him going crazy, right? But in actuality, he plays a family man who just happens to be an arms dealer. Right. And, and it's, but it's a, he doesn't do any of his crazy cage stuff. He's like, Oh no, this one, I'm going to just, I'm going to actually act in, in a more traditional manner. And it's funny how you see that. Like he'll bounce back and forth. I mean, lately he's just straight to video craziness. Listen, but- I just watched a, a, some weird movie where he plays a game hunter that ends up on a boat that a white tiger is ripping everybody apart. And even in that film, as bad as it is, it's still Nicolas Cage doing it, and he just brings this level of commitment and something to it that you just mm-hmm. go, "All right, I'm fine." This is he's doing what he does, and I think in in I was the information I was reading about Lost Highway. That's when he decided to give up method acting. Like he realized that he just needs to have some fun when he's doing this stuff, and I think that he just like now he's just taking movie after movie after movie for whatever reason. Well, but financial always, reason. That's he right. always brings something to it. He always some little quirk that it's just cage. Even as a straight family guy, like you would never like even the the, the honeymoon move, uh, uh, honeymoon in Vegas, where he's with yeah. Jessica mm-hmm. Simpson, Jessica what uh, Sarah uh, Jessica Park at that one where uh, James Khan wants to take she she looks like his wife and he cuts a deal because he. He made him lose in poker, and and his the way he ratcheted from a regular dude to this crazy just lunatic to jumping out of a plane, jumping out of an airplane, and you believe in an Elvis suit, right? It's yeah. like that's that's Nicholas Cage. Look at all those Elvises. So in that movie, he goes from a one to an yeah. eight. Just that's in that a, that's a good film. pick, Debbie. Family Man's a good pick. It's a yeah, feel good movie. I might movie, watch that, but you know, romantic. I like that. But you nobody know. nobody gets killed or dies. Well, we don't Sorry, know what happens I, after the coffee. She might reject him. He might have yeah. killed her. We don't know. Could be. All right. So, John, what's your... Uh, the first one I wanted well, to do, because it looked like the cagiest, is uh, one called Willie's Wonderland. Oh, That's yeah. The, I saw I saw the That's trailer for it. I didn't see it, though. It looked crazy. Yeah. and um, But the problem is, it, we, we don't have Hulu, and to watch it would have been 14 bucks. But he, well, I, no, he's that, like that movie wasn't worth 14 bucks. I can tell yeah. you that. Just based on the trailer, other than his salary, yeah. Uh, but you know, he's like a chunky cheese or whatever. Yeah, the animatronics. You're right. People at night and like human sacrifice, but he's killing them. You know, he's it's, like it's, they fear it's, him. It's the Squid Game all over. Well, look, you go into a movie like he just did a movie called Pig, right? Yeah. And when you when you yeah, the truffles, when you hear it's Nicolas Cage, you're like, okay, this is going to be a ten, and it was a very subdued five. And it was just his love of this pig. It really was. And you think that he's going to be the one that's going to have all this revenge. And it turns out it's another character. But you expect when you hear Cage, you expect a 10 every time. And it's like when he surprises you by ratching it way back and giving you something that you wouldn't expect. Because I so. think he's a good actor. I think he's really. Well, yeah, absolutely I, I think he's a good actor. 
Yeah. I like to watch him in anything because yeah. he's always interesting. Just That's that right. people, when they think of him, they think about the extreme Nicolas Cage. And well, he's, the, the you bees, know, he was, he was one of the top action stars in the nineties. He had a stretch there. He was, wasn't he nominated for an Oscar for uh, Moonstruck along with, uh, Cher? Yeah. He, yeah. He, he won w- for leaving Las Vegas. Right. He won, which he was, you know, I mean, that Fantastic. was as dark yeah. as you can That's get. That's one of the films I liked the least of his. It was just. Well, I, a movie like that is just uh, it's relentless. Yeah, it, that's and it's a relentless. It's hard to watch. I enjoy watching it. At least, yeah, I yeah. All right, John, what'd you bring? Well, look, I struggle with. First of all, I, I just want to say, and, and Debbie said it. I think Nicolas Cage is a is a really excellent actor, and if you look at the variety of roles that he's done, again, w- when we only focus on the crazy Nicolas Cage, the characters of Nicolas Cage, then you can it dismisses him as a good actor. He's a really, really good actor. The way you even brought this up, up Ralph, the way he bounces from genre to genre, yeah. independent to mainstream, it's pretty amazing. And he's still making movies. Now, I will tell you the thing that shocked me when we first talked about doing this, I went online and said, list some Nicolas Cage movies just to refresh my memory. All these movies came up and 25% of them I never heard of. And I was like, when the hell did he make all these movies? So I struggle with this because one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies is The Rock. I just love that movie. I love him and Sean Connery, but I, I want a little more mainstream. Uh, one of my favorite Nicolas Cage movies is National Treasure, uh, which was made in 2004, little Indiana Jones, but it was also one of the most normal Nicolas Cage characters yeah. funny nicholas cage character good action and i'm also a huge uh fan of uh revolution the revolutionary war that uh era so all the history that they brought into the movie was great it's the first time i saw diane kruger in anything i didn't know who she was she was great uh, uh bartha was in it uh sean bean was in it uh john voigt was in it it was it, it was directed by john turtlebaum it's just a really good, fun family movie, and it was him at his most normal. Um, and he's I even about like a the five. S- he's about a five in that because I don't even. I wouldn't say. Uh, I don't, yeah, because he's a little, you know, not compared to like the bad guys and uh, no, no, his, no, no. his buddy. Um, I thought he was, you know, I, I wouldn't give him a five. Not not based on our scale. Probably a three. Okay, but I really enjoyed the movie as for an action comedy too. It was really really well done. Um, and they're supposed to be making a series, National Treasure, on Disney+. Plus. They've been talking about that. I don't know. You know, I'm sure they'll retcon it, so it'll be, you know, it'll be a woman instead of him. But uh, I really like that movie. I could. Uh, it's a movie when it comes on. I always watch it. Um, and I really liked him in it. It was tough, though, between that and The Rock, because I really do like The Rock. And I've seen it about five times because it was playing last month. I must have watched it five times because I'm also a huge Sean Connery fan. But, uh, yeah, I recommend this movie. And it still holds up. I watched it recently, and it still holds up. The, the clues and all that stuff, I just find that really fascinating. And they were able to film in Philadelphia uh, at Independence Hall, one of the first movies to be able to film there for real. So I, that was really cool because I visited there. But uh, yeah, that was one of my, that's one of my favorite Nick Cage movies. Hey, John, yeah. question for you. Yep. You use the word redcon. What does that mean? Uh, it, you take you take a property, a movie or something, and you throw away the history of it and create a new history. Yeah. So they did it with Star Wars. They did it with Doctor Who and Westworld. Westworld. A lot of a lot of fans don't like it because, like, like for instance, in Doctor Who, Doctor Who's getting trashed right now. I'm a big Doctor Who fan. The, the second iteration of the series, not the '70s. It was still good, but 
um, they totally um, reimagined the beginning of Doctor Who. Like the the first the first Doctor is no longer the first Doctor. They 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 it's it's now a woman, and it's it's like they do they do it just for the sake of doing it to like piss off the fans. So uh, like like you know you're going to do a National Treasure movie. Nick Cage should be in it. He should be the lead. A you series or a movie? A series. You don't put you don't put someone else in it. Maybe not. Maybe as a mentor, right? Because he's older. But uh, it's just stuff like that. But but it's uh, you know. What's the root of the word red? Red con. No red con. It's red. I don't. You know. I I can't even tell you what the word stands for. It's retro. Uh, I think it stands for retroactive something. It's the okay. idea of going back and changing something that's already established to make make something new make sense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, you're, 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 you're exactly right. So they would probably, yeah, that's, that's what it means. It means retroactive. I'm, I'm not sure what the con part of it means. Con retro converted. I, I just can't, probably, get over, I can't get over his, his yeah. run. I can't get over his run. Like, well, that. what was his first, his first film was, uh, um, Fast, Fast Times Original High, right? Yeah, yeah. Fast and he Times. wasn't, he, was just, he wasn't Nick Cage. He was, uh, Coppola. Yeah. 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 At 95, you got Kiss of Death, Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off. Then he does City of Angels. <sighs> Leaving it's... Las Vegas was 95? Yeah. Wow. That's what it says. Uh, Snake Eyes, which is a great Brian. I saw Palmer. that. I saw that. No one brought that one. <laughs> that's the Palmer, right? That's awful. Yeah, but yeah. it's great. It's awfully yeah. great. Um, yeah, he's just got to run. Look and, at this guy. And he was going to play Superman. If you've right. ever seen, you oh, want to watch something interesting, it. watch. The documentary yeah. on the uh, attempted remake of Superman with Nick Cage that never happened, directed by Tim Burton. Right, that'd be yeah. that would be interesting. You it was insane. Been, yeah, he would have been, been a very great. interesting Superman, but right. not <laughs> not the way Tim Burton was going to do it. It was it was a freak show, and was that's it, why it ended up not happening. What was that? Was it sacrilegious? Uh no. It's Superman, you know all. Well, he would have played around a little bit with the, yeah, like he would have just did long hair. He had long hair as he was wearing the suit. I mean, it was a different look. Well, they, they, I mean, they, they did some tests. He, uh, Nick Cage is a huge comic book guy. In fact, uh, his, mm-hmm. his, uh, kid's name is Kal-El, who was, uh, yeah. Superman's Kryptonian name. So he really wanted to play Excellent. Superman. And you know, it would have been interesting. It yeah, definitely, totally especially with Tim Burton directing it. Oh, yeah. Um, and and they did some costume tests and stuff, and he was really into it. But he was he he it was all with him. It was all about Clark Kent. He, that that's what he wanted the movie to be up more than Superman. He's more of Clark. Yeah, but uh, who was it? Joe uh, Silver there, the producer was a a nut job. So he kind of torpedoed. I the just movie. you just look and at they his... put a, pumped a lot of money into it too. I mean, I hate to do this where you just go through all his films and we blah 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 blah. But you think about a movie like. Even kick ass, where he just plays that oh, Batman. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> I say let's have a toast to Nicholas Cage. Adam West. Definitely Nick He Cage. did Adam. I don't have a drink. Salute. 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 Bona fortuna. Yeah. All listen, right. But then you throw in, you throw in like Wicker Man, and it's like, oh, that's what everybody thinks of. No, Nick he's Cage, done some it? bad films. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But you would, you, you'd have to say the majority of his, of his films are pretty good. Yeah. I agree. And if, I mean, that's, and he's got a long career. I don't know how many movies he's done, but he's done a lot of them. Uh, and he's I had huge hits. I mean, like I said, that run in the 90s, he was box office gold. 110 films so far. Yeah. My niece said that she felt, and she, and, and she's big into Nicolas Cage. 
that he was at his most caginess in um, Ghost Rider Two. <laughs> oh God, bad yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot. I forgot. But Ghost Rider One was a surprise hit. Right. Like yeah. that. It was a hit, but it was again, it was a bad movie. Yeah. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. It was pretty. That was great. pretty. He was pretty cagey in that one. Yeah. yeah. But, but I found the, the plot more believable than Face Off. Yes. Well, the whole blood, why, why, the whole blood stop, thing on the you gotta slide. Stop, you got to stop doing that with the Face Off. We know Face Off is absurd. Uh, but now, uh, uh, National Treasure, you didn't like the second one, right? No, no. I, I liked it. I liked the first one a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that he, you know, he does bring this this level of commitment to a to a to a mm-hmm. person you believe that he is that that's what the thing about him that's so great is that in, in anybody else's hands that would come off as completely stodgy and kind of and he just plays well nick you don't expect nicholas cage to be able to play it and he plays it beautifully i mean that's yeah. that's well that's what i mean you don't picture nicholas cage in the family man no, I do based not. on his See, choices prior to that that's right. and, and, he, I, and that's, he pulls it off and yeah. does a nice job on it and you in fact well, in he should have played the tom hanks role in the da vinci code he could have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe him in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how about Kiss of Death? Have you ever seen Kiss of Death with him and Caruso? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, Caruso. Really? That's a no. I couldn't act I with a guy who always does film. this. I just, oh, I, I love that. David oh, Caruso always tilts his head. I just can't deal oh, yeah. with that. Oh, I and thought I, Caruso I, was great in that one. They kept trying I, to make him a movie star. Never well, yeah. he tried to make himself. He quit that. What's the show he was on? NYPD Blue? Yep. Was it? NYPD NYP Blue. Blue. Yeah, he after quit after the first year. season. Yeah. After yeah. one year, and he yeah. thought he was going to be, and then he does Jade. The first one he does is Jade. Yeah, right? Jade yeah. But then he did Kiss of Death. CSI. Well, Kiss Those of Death. Those are the was... two films that he thought were going to make him a movie star, and neither of them were very good. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, yeah. I'm going to question whether Kiss of Death was good or bad. Well, maybe it was because really there was murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though. I will say uh, Kiss of Death may fall into the, the same category for me as um, uh, Denzel Washington and Devil in a Blue Dress. Um, okay. Those were both kind of film noir movies that came out around the same time. And I was literally taking a class on film noir at, at college where we literally were watching like the greatest examples of the genre. So I would go watch these movies that were kind of in that film noir kind of vibe. And I was like, lame. Laid. Yeah, well, you can't. Like, I mean, that's it. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, I, literally I, I, every did you watch the Maltese watching, Falcon? Like, uh, you know, I. the funny thing was, I don't think we watched the Maltese Falcon because I don't think he could get it on. He got everything on film. Oh, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. If he could not get a film print, but like we watched, I won't get into the, the syllabus, but it was it was just about all. It was like 12 great film noir. One a week, so it kind of skewed my. Well, I'm just going to go back to there. who didn't buy Nicolas Cage in the documentary about swearing on HBO. I mean, I didn't see that. Is it good? That yes, it's very funny. And I, I don't know. I didn't. It didn't do that much for me. The swearing thing. Well, I yeah, mean, I'm with you, Debbie. Ralph doesn't mind. He, I mean, he does it all the time. You should hear him enough. at the dinner table when they say their little grace. <laughs> Thanks for the effing food. Uh, anyway, uh, you don't say so. That- I think we're all no, big. No, we're all. No, he doesn't say that. I'm just teasing. Hey, Chris, um, we're all big Nick Cage fans. It sounds like. Yeah. Chris, I got a yeah. question. What was your major in uh, college? Well, I was actually a history major. Uh, my de- I got my degree in history. So I actually really enjoyed. I mean, on the one hand, uh, National Treasure is kind of super goofy. 
But I just like the idea. I remember seeing it, just liking the idea that there was a movie out there that was kind of trying to make history a little yeah. bit fun and cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially American history, because, um, you know, you had Indiana Jones. He was an archaeologist, but it, it wasn't really American history. That was more right. like World War II type stuff. But it was kind of fun just how they, you know, they did all this stuff. And I mean, it was obviously very little of it was historically accurate, but some of the little tidbits was. There was uh, enough accurate. kernels of truth there. Yes, that it was fun. It was, yeah. I, I really found that a fun film. Well, and yeah. he made you believe it. Yeah. I'm just going to say, if I get back to Nicolas Cage, so. Sure. All right. Well, that was a good one. I love, listen, we could do, we could do multi versions of Nicolas Cage. Yes. We could all bring we could have seven more films each, but we won't easily. do that. All Next right. time, so are we spinning the wheel? No, we're not going to spin the wheel. Oh, we're going to do some Christmas theme because we're going to the next show we do is going to be Christmas week, actually. Yes, early Christmas week. Bring the so, darkest Christmas film you've ever seen. Uh, let's all think about what we want to do, but we'll do some Christmas theme show for the next show, which will be our last one for 2021. Okay, but we do have great news, and this is a reason why you want to subscribe, hit the notification, and. Smash that like button. Uh, 2022, we decided uh, we're not going to go every other week. We're going to go every week because, frankly, you guys have demanded it. They have. And I we want we want our fans to be happy, so we're going to go every week. We'll do these round robins. We'll do our movie picks like we used to do. It Classics. may not be all of us each time. It may be guests we bring. Maybe guests. Chris might be getting his hair done some well, night. Right. So he the, won't be the able fans, to Like you said, John, the fans have insisted. Listen. That we keep going. The one thing that week. we listen to are the fans, okay? We definitely do. And uh, <laughs> they're small, but they are loyal. Those three people can really shout, though. It's amazing. Yes. And so. they can smash. All they right. can so smash, smash it. Like I'll see you guys uh, for the next one. Yeah. We'll, we'll all think about the Christmas theme. We'll do it. And we can, we'll be a nice surprise for everybody. Who knows what it's going to be, but we'll great. figure it out before we do it. So we'll see everybody Christmas week. Okay. Sounds great. All right. Stay awesome. safe, Looking everybody. To it. Talk to you soon. See ya. Bye.